Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. I am El Conservador, Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, and so many other things that the people like to say to me that aren't always nice. But, man, what a show we've got for you today. James O'Keefe is joining us. He's going to drop some bombshells. The weekend is upon us, and I want to get to some headlines. Check this out. This is France 24 headline. Natural immunity is more potent than vaccines during the latest U.S. Delta wave. That's according to a study by the CEC. Now, excuse me, the CDC. <laughs> It'd be nice if I know how to spoke. All right. During America's last surge of the coronavirus, during the Delta variant, people who were unvaccinated but survived COVID were better protected than those who were vaccinated and not previously infected. And that's according to a new study that came out on Wednesday. That's according to the CDC. These findings are the latest that weigh in on the debate on the relative strengths of natural versus vaccine-acquired immunity against SARS-CoV-2, the technical name for COVID-19. And this comes in a very um, important time because the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a.k.a. the CDC, just did this study to make this point. So the CDC has admitted that natural immunity outweighs vaccine immunity. You've got the World Health Organization that's out there saying that little kids don't need to get vaccinated. And I'm going to get some uh, maybe some audio clips on that if I can. But of course, this doesn't come without a caveat because the author of the paper warned against depending on infection as a strategy, given the high risk to unvaccinated persons of hospitalization, the long term impact and death compared to vaccinated people saying, quote, viruses are constantly changing, including the virus that causes COVID-19, said the CDC statement. The level of protection offered by vaccination and surviving a previous infection changed during the study. Vaccination remains the safest strategy for protecting against COVID-19, they added to their statement. So that's what's going on there. And this was conducted between May 30th and November 30th of 2021. And this was a study of a million cases that they pulled from New York and from California in that same time frame. Now, the New York Post is reporting some crazy side effects. I mentioned this on social media the other day, but I didn't want to let it go without bringing it to your attention. This is from just a few days ago. New York Post headline. Man's agonizing groin pain is found to be a rare side effect of COVID-19. Now, this man's agonizing penis pain was blamed on COVID-19 infection. Whoa, ouch as doctors warned that this is a rare side effect. The Iranian medical team that discovered this documented it in a medical journal describing how the virus led to blood clotting in a poor man's shaft. 
The patient had suffered penile pain for three days before being seen by a urologist in Iran. The discomfort began following an erection while having sex. Cover your little ears, folks. The 41-year-old married man described this discomfort to his doctors. He hadn't experienced any trauma to his pelvic area that might even remotely explain these symptoms. But he had a positive COVID PCR test three weeks earlier. Two months after starting the treatment, the patient's symptoms completely disappeared and he had no penile pain during erections or any uh, other activity he had. I say thank God to that, and that's according to the doctors. Everything is in working order down there, the doctor wrote. However, the man still experienced a little pain and pressure at the site of the actual blood clotting. Scientists have learned over the pandemic that the coronavirus does not just cause respiratory symptoms, but one of the other symptoms it causes is a tendency to create blood clots. Roughly 20 to 50% of hospitalized patients with COVID-19 infections have abnormal coagulation tests. The type of blood clotting that this patient had was very rare. When it does occur, it's usually in someone who has a blood clotting disorder. It could become life-threatening if the blood clot breaks off and travels to the lung, causing pulmonary embolism, according to the doctor. I bet you'll get a rise out of this. A 69-year-old man in Ohio suffered a three-hour erection, a condition called priapism, due to a blood clot from additional COVID-19 problems. Medics reported in the American Journal of American Medicine, that's like a double American there, that they believe COVID had caused the clots to form in his male member, trapping blood inside the erection chambers. Doctors had to drain the blood from his penis using a needle because ice packs did not work to bring the stiffness down. Man, that sounds hard. Pun intended. <laughs> Meanwhile, another man in his 60s in France had to go through the same procedure after COVID left him with a four-hour erection. In this case, doctors concluded that the man's priapism had been triggered by COVID. He survived and hasn't had any symptoms since his discharge. Meanwhile, experts have also found evidence that COVID-19 may damage blood vessels in the groin area, making it harder to even get an erection. One man in his 30s revealed that he had struggled to get an erection after an infection. As a result, he's had severe shrinkage. Now, I'm starting to believe this bioweapon stuff if this is actually the case. But keep that in mind. Straight ahead, we're going to get to Joe Biden's disastrous press conference. He said so many things. He said he believes that Russia is going to attack us. He also said that he was going to shut down the virus. I don't think either of those has happened yet, but him projecting that kind of weakness is really going to put the United States in worse position than it would otherwise. Anyway, we got James O'Keefe coming up as well at the uh, bottom of the hour. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Plus, que mala eres. I promised you a little uh, recording, a little song, a little parody. We're going to get to that and a couple of clips from her. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. You're listening to This Is America. This Is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. 
College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And uh, we talked a little bit about this parody that I wanted to do. There's some stories about Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. That's right. The vice president of the United States. And um, it always reminds me when I say que mala eres, because that is a uh, play on words, of course. In Spanish, that means how bad she is. And it sounds just like her name, so I thought that to be funny. But there's a song about a woman named Juliana, sung by a great band called DLG, a salsa band. And they um, created this song years ago. And, it, it, you know, the, the hook kind of goes, Juliana, que mala eres. Right? You, you've heard me sing this before. And I always say I'm going to make a little parody. So I, I want to do that. Because I want you to really understand what I'm talking about rather than just uh, kind of go with it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was kind of funny. No, I want you to really hear what I'm envisioning in my mind. So I promise we're going to get to the hard news. We're going to get to all the big headlines of the day. But I didn't want to uh, renege on my promise to deliver my theme song, the anthem for Que Mala Eres. Right? This is my dedication to Kamala Harris, the vice president, la vicepresidenta of the United States. So we're going to do it right here on the fly. I'm going to add a little bit of echo if I can to get the little reverb going. But Que Mala, Que Mala Eres, Que Mala Eres, Que Mala that's the Kamala Harris song. Que mala eres, how bad she I'm not sure if that came out exactly the way I wanted it to, but it was still funny to me, right? What is it that Curtis Lee says? I'm a legend in my own mind. Uh, that's pretty funny. Anyway, I want to move on. I want to get into the real deal. What's going on with Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, because she's been in the hot seat last couple of days. I don't know why she goes out in the media, just like Joe Biden. I don't know why he goes out in the media, because when they do these things, they literally just embarrass themselves. And it's a complete flop. Joe Biden took to the uh, stage yesterday. He was out there for an hour, 45 minutes. They're calling it the big two hour press conference. And he, there was multiple gaps. We'll get to as many as we can. But what I want to jump right into, Joe Biden's prediction that Vladimir Putin will move against the Ukraine. Now, obviously, his job is supposed to be as the head of the NATO allies, as the United States, a superpower. He's supposed to say things like, you know, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that, you know, you don't flex your hairy legs. You know, I know about roaches. He's supposed to stop Russia from taking these aggressive steps. 
But instead, it seems like, yeah, no, you know they're going to go in there, right? They, they did it when we were with Obama. They're probably going to do it again. These guys, they don't respect me. They're going to trample all over me. That's what he's saying, in effect. Listen to this. In June, uh, you said to us uh, about President Putin, I think the last thing he wants now is a Cold War. Now, since then, of course, you've seen him gather these troops, 100,000 troops around Ukraine. Your Secretary of State said today he thought he could invade it at any moment. You've seen the cyber attacks, uh, and you've seen the demand that he have a sphere of influence in which you would withdraw all American troops and nuclear weapons from what used to be the Soviet bloc. So I'm wondering if you still think that the last thing he wants is a Cold War. And has your view of him changed in the past uh, few months? And if it has, and he does invade, would your posture be to really move back to the kind of containment policy that you saw so often when you were still in the Senate? The answer is that um, I think he still does not want any full-blown war, number one. Number two, do I think he'll test the West? test the United States and NATO as, as uh, significantly as he can? Yes, I think he will. But I think he'll pay a serious and dear price for it that he doesn't think now will cost him what it's going to cost him. And I think he'll regret having done it. Now, whether or not, uh, I think that, uh, how can I say this uh, in a public forum? I think that he is dealing with what I believe he thinks is the most tragic thing that's happened to Mother Russia in that the Berlin Wall came down, the empire has been lost, the near abroad is gone, etc. The Soviet Union has been split. Now, is it me or is he here kind of... Um you know, having a compassionate ear saying, look, Vlad's my guy. I understand Vlad. Vlad's upset that they destroyed the USSR. He's a commie. The commies love this stuff. They love Mother Russia. He's almost making a pass for the guy. Kind of like that time where they asked him, excuse me, what do you think about the Uyghurs being tortured and killed and dismembered in, in China because they're Muslims? And he says, well, you know, we, we have to respect China's cultural differences. I mean, he makes apologies for everybody so that we can take a back seat and get the short end of the stick. Go ahead, play it. Um, but think about what he has. He has eight time zones, a burning tundra that will not freeze again naturally, a situation where he has a lot of oil and gas, but he is trying to find his place in the world between China and the West. And so I'm not so sure that he has, uh, my goodness, hurry up. David, I'm not so sure he has, uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. And by the way, I've indicated to him the two things he said to me that he wants guarantees on. Now, before he goes into the guarantees, so right there, he's made it very plain and very clear. My guess, David, is that he will move in. Russia will move in on the Ukraine. Now, he seems to forget the Budapest Memorandum of Security Assurances that says that the NATO people have to back them up because Ukraine gave up weapons 
to defend themselves as a sign of good faith when getting into this memorandum. It's an understanding that the United States is going to defend them. Now, we remember, you don't have to have been an observer of politics for that long to remember that when he went and literally stole Crimea, in the name of that was originally Russia, so we're taking it back, part of the Soviet Union, etc. Obama said, oh, no, we're going to honor the uh, the memorandum, send them some food, send them some blankets. You know, we, we're going to support them. Trump send them tanks and missiles. Big difference. And this type of appeasement, this type of soft on crime, soft on tyranny, soft on terrorism, soft on everything. This guy's just soft, Joe El Baboso Biden. And he goes on, but I'm not going to bore you with that stuff. Now, also, que mala eres, she also had something to say. Because she was asked about this and she thinks, well, you know, um, Joe is Joe and blah, blah, blah. And I'll get to that audio later. But the clip that I got lined up right now, this is a good one because this is Kamala literally laughing. The vice president laughing in the face of Gail King, Oprah's bestie, when she asks her, hey, you guys were supposed to shut down the virus. She lays out the case very clearly. Look, you guys made mistakes. I'm going to play it for you. You'll hear everything. And her answer is, well, but, um, uh, uh, um, and then she begins the Kamala cackle. <laughs> anyway, I just want you to hear the cackle. Listen to this. Let's talk about COVID because you all ran on, we are going to get COVID under control. We are going to get this lit. And as we sit here today, as you know, we're going into year three. We are still talking about COVID. And you all admit it. Listen, we've made some mistakes. We're going to do better. We're going to be better. The schools, can the kids go to schools? In New Mexico, the National Guard is, bring, is being asked to be substitute teachers, all because of COVID. So it is not under control. So I'm wondering, what is your strategy here? And have you come to the point, have you come to the point that we have all got to figure out how to live with COVID? So I'm going to try to unpack the, the various unpack yeah, I know there's a lot. You made. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, she's, while she's unpacking that, we have a little bit more here from the Today Show. Harris is going to talk about voting rights, about the Ukraine, all this stuff. And she, in, a, in, uh, in effect here, she just loses her cool when she's asked about Biden giving the green light, in effect, to Vladimir Putin. Listen to this. Before I leave this, I mean, Ukrainian officials uh, reportedly heard these words from President Biden with alarm. I know the White House tried to clarify it uh, and clean it up afterwards, but was the damage done? You can't unring the bell. Is Vladimir Putin likely to listen to a later statement from the White House press secretary or the words of President Biden? I will repeat myself. And I'm vice president of the United States and the president and I work closely together and I know his position because he has been consistent in that regard. If Vladimir Putin and Russia takes aggressive action, it will be met with a cost that will be severe. A cost that's severe, not more aggressive action, but a cost that's severe. We've been sanctioning Russia for as long as I've been around. And she says Joe Biden's been remarkably consistent, remarkably consistent in being lost, in being un baboso, just like you're remarkably consistent in being bad, how bad she is. This whole thing is a joke to me, but I'm biased. What am I going to say? That's the truth. Now, there was a couple of stories about a month ago. Uh, and the last couple of months have had Project Veritas and James O'Keefe on the cover of the New York Times pretty much every day. And it stems from a lot of things, right? So the latest is that the federal government 
and Pfizer have been gossiping about Project Veritas, and this was discovered in some recently uh, obtained documents through a uh, Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request. So we're going to hear about that. Plus, uh, DARPA, you know DARPA, that's the um, the defense agency that is, in effect, the definition of the deep state, right? It's a network of educators and private sector technology companies and cutting-edge individuals that agreed to say, you know what, we're never going to let Sputnik and, and Russia take the lead on United States. We're going to make sure everything is done in the name of national security, and we're going to bring all of our resources in to, to make sure it happens, to, the, working together. And, of course, when you have universities working in sync with technology, with the government, you get lots of uh, lots of everything, right? You could have good, you could have bad, and you kind of have to chew the meat and spit out the bones. And as of late, it seems we get more bad than good. So we're going to hear about the DARPA documents that show that Dr. Anthony Fauci, good old Fauci, paging Dr. Fauci, paging Dr. Fauci. Yep, that's right, Dr. Fauci. And how he actually is now proven to be a liar and to have committed perjury in front of Congress based on these documents and letters were sent to DARPA from members of Congress on behalf of this documentation that was found by Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. And this comes on the heels of Project Veritas beating the New York Times in a legal case. So we're going to get uh, the scoop from James O'Keefe when we uh, come right back. So don't move a muscle. James O'Keefe is right up next. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Everybody listening in Philadelphia, everybody listening all across the country, iHeartRadio, welcome back to This Is America. And as promised, we've got the American muckraker himself, James O'Kizzle, my nizzle, James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas. And, I mean, it's it's really a, a, a stewed, apropos, perfect time to talk to you because there's so many things happening. It's been such a busy month for you. But, James O'Keefe, welcome to This Is America. Hey, Rich. Great to be with you. All right, my brother. So let's, let's dive right in. I mean, in the last month, month and a half, you've had your house raided by the FBI. You've uh, discovered some documentation from DARPA about uh, fake, phony, fraud, Fugazi, Anthony Fauci. You've had the New York Times attack you and then you beat them in court when they had your documents uh you tell me let's uh, let's start from the beginning walk us through and then let's talk about the book from the beginning uh, maybe from the beginning of a few months ago it seems yeah. like every day there's some new amazing revelation but yeah i mean our office was destroyed by a flood by hurricane ida project veritas there in westchester new york we're both you and i are both from new jersey um, we, we broke a story about a communist teacher, Gabriel Guype, who was uh, uh, telling his kids to go to Antifa rallies. He was fired from his school district in California. Uh, we broke two stories on Pfizer Pharmaceutical. One whistleblower came out, showed documents saying they were hiding information from their constituents. Uh, she was fired. Uh, senior director of Pfizer, Vanessa Gelman, we got emails showing they were lying to people about using uh, fetal cells in the development of their vaccine product. And then the CEO of Pfizer, we, we got documents showing that he was talking to the FBI about Project Veritas. 
And then Ashley Biden's diary, which was sent to us by a source, <laughs> the FBI raided my home in Westchester County and took my cell phones as a result of the source sending me the Joe Biden, Ashley Biden diary. And then we sued the New York Times for defamation and got past motion to dismiss. The New York Times then published my attorney client privileged documents, which was litigation misconduct. And in the Supreme Court of the state of New York, they, they told the New York Times to sequester those documents after the judge ruled that the New York Times had acted with actual malice and disinformation against us. And hey, we're just getting started. I know, so, man. What so a, book, a crazy, uh, tumultuous ride. Tell these stories. Yeah. So, all right, let's jump into the book. I mean, obviously, and we'll, we'll dive into a couple of those topics, too. But I really want to talk about the book. Uh, it has a great cover and there's so much that's in the book, but uh, so much has happened since you've written the book. But what was the impetus for this book? And of course, I read uh, Breakthrough and then we read um, American Pravda. And now this this third installment from James O'Keefe. Tell us exactly what the impetus was. What was the inspiration? What's the message you want everybody to take away? Well, I think. You know, we live in clown world right now. We live in this dystopian world where we don't know what's up and down. George Orwell wrote that freedom is the freedom to say that two and two equal four. And if that is granted, all else follows. So The American Muckraker is a book about citizen journalism. It's a book about what is required to tell the truth in an age where two plus two equals five. So it's a book about ethics and privacy and litigation and lawsuits and whistleblowing The first chapter of the book is actually called Suffering, and it talks about the stories of David Delight and Andy No and people like Richard Hopkins, the postal worker in Pennsylvania, who was interrogated by a a federal agent who was trying to get him to recant his testimony. Richard recorded this testimony where he was – it was like something out of a movie. It was like something out of a science fiction novel. And I think a lot of people in our country are asking the same question, which is, how can I, how can, what can I do? Everyone, that's the number one question I get asked, Rich, I'm sure you get asked mm-hmm. all the time. What can I do? Is people feel hopeless? They feel cynical. They feel like nothing matters. And I think this book is a very hopeful book because it tells the stories of people who have made a difference in a world where everyone, or a lot of people rather, are so afraid that it's important to have this virtue of courage. And it's important to understand that you're not alone. They have a lot of power, but we give them that power by virtue of the fact that we're afraid. So American Muckraker tells these stories, and it ultimately ends on a very hopeful note. So we're on with James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas. You can get a copy of the new book at projectveritas.com, amazonbooks.com. Pre-order your copy right now. You do not want to miss this. I would recommend buying two so you can give one to somebody because you're right. People always want to know what is it that we can do, and I think it all comes from sacrifice. You have to be willing to give up something for that which you believe in, which is greater than yourself. So, James, I guess uh, wrap it up for us. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about you know the DARPA documents. We talked a little bit about what's going on with the FBI, how you beat the New York Times in court. Uh, what what does the next two months look like for you? Well, we, we just broke a story last week on the DARPA documents. That's a division of the Department of Defense where they admitted in these documents written by a Marine Corps major who is not the source to us of these documents. They admitted that uh, they, that uh, EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA with uh, a proposal for gain-of-function research on bat-borne coronaviruses. And also, Anthony Fauci approved such gain-of-function research under his realm at NIAID. This would contradict Anthony Fauci's testimony under oath. Anthony Fauci addressed that in in the Senate last week, actually brought up Project Veritas by name. And I think that that has led to more sources coming to us inside the government. 
You'll see another such story come out next week involving the vaccine's uh, impacts on children age 5, uh, 5 to 11. So obviously, we live in very divided times where people disagree on narrative and, and conclusions, but we still think it's important to give people facts. Those documents are real. In fact, they are Department of Defense documents. I did not author them, and they have been authenticated. And I think there still is a need to give people the facts. And, it, and uh, so you'll be seeing more stories come out in the coming weeks ahead. All right. Well, we got about 30 seconds left. And I think it's just fascinating that in these documents that you guys got from FOIA requests from the federal government, that there's actual gossip between the FBI, the federal government, rather, and discussing Project Veritas with Pfizer. I think that's just astounding. Yeah. And what can you tell us? The I CEO guess? of Pfizer. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. The CEO of Pfizer uh, came out and said that they were working with the CIA and FBI about quote-unquote, dark money groups, uh, clearly <laughs> referencing Veritas. And then also Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch issued a FOIA and actually got the FBI to admit that they were talking to Pfizer about Project Veritas. So the question, this is a rhetorical question because there's no legitimate answer, why the hell is the FBI talking to pharmaceutical companies about journalists? Right. And, and that's, again, we're living in clown world. You've got to have courage. You've got to pick up American Muckraker. All profits go to our charity, Project Veritas, help pay our journalists' salaries, to expose this chicanery because there's nobody else. There's very few people that can go out there and expose it. Certainly not the media. Yeah. I can tell you firsthand experience. This is a world-class organization that does top rate investigative journalism in the United States. And James, I guess uh, with this final word to you, what, uh, what can you tease for us with this um, information that's coming out with vaccines for kids ages five and up? Well, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it involves children. And not my words or my claims, but claims made by the people who are administering the vaccine. These are not, remember, these are not my claims. These are, these are statements made by the people who are, who are administering them. So it's not going to outrage anti-vax people. It'll actually outrage pro-vax people. This, these stories will bring consensus around the issue because it'll expose what we all know to be wrong. Well, everybody, be brave. Put your hand in your pocket. Buy a couple of books. Send James O'Keefe a donation. Project Veritas needs that support always to continue doing the great work they're doing. James O'Keefe, thank you, as always, for doing what you do. And thanks for joining us on This Is America. Thank you. All right, more to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. I want to thank you guys, like always, for subscribing to the podcast, making sure you click subscribe so you never miss an episode. I also wanted to uh, thank you guys for every time you share this with everybody else, everybody on your list, when you text it to your people, when you uh, drop the five-star comment and leave a comment or a review on the podcast, 
that's also incredibly helpful because it helps us stay in the uh, top 100 and 200 podcasts in our category, which is news commentary on Apple Podcasts. So those charts are important to some people because advertisers look at them. And of course, when advertisers like what they see and like that you're listening, they want to advertise more, which means we can produce more shows and do more of what we do. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you just for supporting the cause and being patriots. Now, I want to wrap it up here with a couple of uh, just wacky stories, if I can find those. I mean, there's so many things I want to cover. And, of course, there's always tomorrow's show and the weekend show and the next week's show. But I try to get as much in as I can because, honestly, I try to always focus a little bit on what's going on in the news today. But I also like to give you other stuff that you're not going to hear in other places, um, whether it's a deep dive analysis on communism or something else or a little bit of a historical factoid because I think that's important, and we do have to differentiate from these other shows. It's not like I'm a DJ playing tracks, although I would love that. You know, I always thought, what a cool job, but, you know, who gets the job, right? Who's the guy that gets paid to talk for five, six, seven minutes on the air and then hit a button to play a record, right? Whatever the record is. And then it's like, wow, how awesome is that, right? Now, morning radio guys, they do a lot more talking, and they're usually very funny, and that's great for morning radio. And maybe one day when I grow up in radio land, maybe I'll get to be a morning radio guy. But... Although I do join you guys on the radio in the morning, 6 a.m. on the weekends on WPHT. So shout out to everybody in Philly. But I'm talking about a, a Monday through Friday morning show program. That would be amazing. I don't know if my comedy chops are up to speed just yet or if my tempo's up to speed. Those guys are seriously high energy and really, really funny typically. But anyway, I digress. My point is that is some fun stuff. And I think being able to do music is also a very cool thing. I wonder if I'd be any good at that, like, you know, playing a record. And uh, Mark Levin always jokes around on the radio and says, man, I would love to have a Motown show. What do you think, boys? And uh, and I think, you know, it would be cool. You know, he loves Motown music. And um, I think that would be amazing. There used to be a, a cleaning woman that used to come into the studio and clean during the time we were on the air. And she would tiptoe around, you know, to not interrupt the show. But she would always say, she's like, you know, if I hadn't met Mark, I would think he's a brother because the songs that he plays, man, he loves Motown. <laughs> and, and that is uh, very true. He does love Motown. Anyway, I've uh, rambled enough. I want to get to this audio clip here. Uh, Fox News reporter Peter Ducey, because he called Biden out to the carpet in the press conference yesterday. He only had a question or two. Everybody else had 15 questions. Nobody even asked a single question about the border or so many of the other issues we had. Everybody was focused on Crimea and, um, excuse me, Ukraine. And which is interesting, but uh, Benny Johnson, who I follow on social media, he's terrific, very funny, great, very poignant points. He's got a great way of looking at things. And he, he pointed that out, that everybody was focused on Ukraine's border, but nobody was focused on America's border. So big shout out to Benny Johnson. He did an excellent job with that. And here's Peter Ducey. You always ask me the nicest questions. I know you do. All right. I... None of them make a lot of sense to me, but I. I... Well, let's let's try Fire away. Come on. A new year. Uh. Why are you trying so hard in your first year to pull the country so far to the left? Well, I'm not. I don't know what you consider to be too far to the left. If, in fact, we're talking about making sure that we had the money for COVID, making sure we had the money to put together the bipartisan infrastructure, making sure we were able to provide for those things that, in fact, would significantly reduce the burden on working class people, but make them they have to continue to work hard. I don't know how that is pointed to the left. If you may recall, I uh, you guys have been trying to convince me that uh, I am uh, um, Bernie Sanders. I'm not. I like him, but I'm not Bernie Sanders. 
I'm not a socialist. I'm a mainstream Democrat, and I have been. And mainstream Democrats have overwhelmed. If you notice, the 48 of the 50 uh, Democrats supported me in the Senate on virtually everything I've asked. Huh? <laughs> I'm virtually everything I've asked. Okay. Or did he say on? They've supported me on everything I've asked. Well, that could be just a lockstep, uh, Pravda-supported type of party. But anyway, that's me. You know, I can find communism in just about anything. I'm extremely biased that way. I just hate that system. I hate that ideology. I think it's terrible. But I love the people, right? Love the sinner. Hate the sin. Now, one more clip from Joe El Baboso Biden, because he was a little bit angry when they asked him about his very, very divisive speech on voting rights, saying, you're, you're going to be Bull Connor, you're going to be this one, you're going to be that one, you're going to be that one. And, you know, obviously he ran on the platform. If we're going to bring everybody together, turn down the temperature, dial it back. He started whispering, trying to get everybody together. And that seems to work for him and for others who like this type of voice and this cadence. I could care less for it. Honestly, I prefer wrong only Rosie O'Donnell. You know, I prefer that kind of cadence. By the way, I spoke with him last night uh, for about three seconds. He sounds terrific, and I'm really hoping he's gearing up for a run. But I want you to hear from Joel Baboso Biden. Joel Baboso Biden, listen to this. One more, sir. Um, you know, you, talk, you campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. I don't know who's funnier here. Joe Biden with his uh, hairy legs. I learned about roaches, corn pop, razor blades. Or, or this guy who's asking a question. He sounds like he's 11 years old and looks like he's nine. Anyway, let's continue. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said and tell me if you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor that they were Bull Connor. Security. And that is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got in the, in the journals because you like to write. So did you expect that that would work with Senators Manchin or, or Cinema? Um, no, here's argument? the thing. No, no, here's the thing. I don't like your question, so I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to yell at you, young man. And I might just end up talking about a single mom trying to do homework with her little kid because people like that type of thing. Right. I don't know. Let's listen to this. Certain things that are so consequential, you have to speak from your heart as well as your head. I was speaking out forcefully on what I think to be at stake. That's what it is. And by the way. No one, no one forgets who was on the side of King or Verse on or Bull Connor. No one not done that. The history books will note it. And when I was making the case, don't think this is a freebie. You don't get to vote this way and then somehow it goes away. This will be stick with you the rest of your career and long after you're gone. And America will never forget. That it was you, Joe Biden, that supported segregationists. America will never forget that it was your party, members of the Democrat Party, that created the KKK, that supported segregation, that created the Jim Crow laws, that enforced them, that voted against 
the Civil Rights Act. Democrats, Democrats, Democrats like Joe Biden, who are trying to turn a new leaf today. Joe Biden is the new Robert Byrd of the Democrat Party. I'm sure, yeah, that's a hyperbole and it's probably a little over the top. But why not? They call me a racist and I'm brown. They call you a racist because you disagree. And yes, he's bringing the country further and further to the left. He literally ran a campaign based on a commercial where they were chanting, the Jews will not replace us. It was all about division. It was all focused on hate. It was all focused on ethnicity and religion and divisiveness, which I like to call divisiveness. So you tell me who really ran on unity. It wasn't Biden. That I can assure you. Anyway, that's all I got time for today. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, make sure you stand for something, because if you stand for nothing, you will fall for absolutely anything. That's from Hamilton and from Sir Edmund Burke, who inspired the founding of our country and so many of the framers. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So make sure you do something. Whatever that something is, make sure you do it. Have the courage to do what is right, like we talked about with O'Keefe. Be brave. Do something. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.